Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. I really appreciate the updates that we get uh, almost on a weekly basis now, missionaries that we support uh, and praise the Lord for that. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Numbers 32, the book of Numbers 32, and then let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's Word. Um, you may have to dial me in, Mark, a little differently tonight. I uh, am not projecting very well, and we will end the service when I, uh, my voice ends. So, at Numbers uh, chapter 32, verse number 1. Now, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. Keep that in mind. They had a very great multitude of cattle, and when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, behold, the place was a place for cattle. They had a very great multitude of cattle. They saw that it was a, a place for cattle. <clears throat> the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Ataroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrod and Heshbon and uh, Elilial, uh, Sheban and Nebo and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle. Third time, a great, great multitude of cattle. It was a place of cattle, they saw. And now again, they're telling Moses, hey, it's a place for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. There's a fourth time. Wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servant for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan." Uh, is a little echoey in, in here. It's going to be a struggle trying to dial it in. Uh, and if anyone can, uh, just kind of a group effort trying to figure that out, because I don't have much of a voice tonight. Uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'll pray a long time as we're dialing it in. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, your word and that uh, all scripture, all scripture, uh, I'm a little taken aback by Christians that don't read the entire Bible. Uh, and it almost seems like a, a new wave of, it's not the amount you read. And I get that it's not surface reading, it's not skim reading, but if I don't read all the Word of God, it takes the whole counsel of God to make a whole Christian for God. The whole counsel of God to make a, a whole Christian for God. And as a church that's committed to that, God, I do pray that you'll bless and show us, give clarity to us from uh, even number 32, something that will uh, improve us and perfect us and, and challenge us tonight. God, we will give you the praise. Bless your people, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. They're at the edge of the Jordan River again, a second time. Uh, they're so close to fully surrendering. In fact, uh, most of them do, except uh, for these. And at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about Reuben, the tribe of Reuben, and the tribe of Gad, there's another half-tribe that they end up dragging with them. Anybody remember the name of that, that half-tribe? Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh. Uh, but put down number one, if you will, the decisions, the decisions that was made. The decision that was made. If we have found grace in thy sight, let this land, uh, this land be given unto thy servants for a possession and bring us not over uh, Jordan. They're not obeying. They're not by faith following. They're, they're, they're halting short once again. They're, their faith is faltering uh, once again. They're, they're still not fully surrendering 
once again. And look at how their decision was made. Verse 1, Now the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, the, behold, the place was a, a, a place for cattle. When they saw it was a, a place for cattle, you're going to see it again and again and again. And it reminds me a lot of Lot. Uh, remember when Abraham and Lot separated? They had a great abundance and uh, let there be no strife between thy herdsmen and my herdsmen. And uh, Abraham was deferential and he said, hey, Lot, you choose, you choose. Which way to go? Uh, I'll take the other way. Uh, and the Bible says when Lot lifted up his eyes uh, and behold all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, even as the garden of the Lord, uh, he saw in the same way as he lifted up his eyes, in the same way that it was a place that was good for cattle. And so uh, the first thing I want you to take away tonight is our decision should be based on the kingdom, not on our cattle. Our decision should be based on the kingdom, uh, not based on, on our cattle. The number of decisions we make, small ones, medium, big ones, well, a lot of times we make self-serving decisions, and our decisions should be based on the kingdom, uh, on, on what God's plan is, rather than than our cattle and what's best for our prosperity. Uh, and so here they are, Reuben and Gad. Uh, because their cattle uh, was great, they saw that, that that land was good for them. Uh, we want to stay here on the east side. We want to stay here on, uh, on this side. They settled for good and forfeited the best. Uh, they settled for good and forfeited the best because they were basing that decision on their cattle rather than basing that decision on the kingdom. Two things underneath that, if you write them down quickly. Uh, they decided to serve God halfway. Halfway. Uh, only halfway, not fully surrendering, not uh, fully following, only uh, halfway o obeying. And uh, can I say this? Nowhere in the Bible are we ever uh, commanded to, to follow God with half of our heart uh, and half of our soul uh, and half of our strength. A house divided against itself cannot stand. No man can serve two masters. Either he'll uh, hate the one, love the other, or he'll cling to the one and despise the other. Uh, you cannot serve God and mammon. And uh, in the same way, they were only going halfway, halfway. Uh, and we're to love the Lord our God with, with all our heart and with uh, all our mind and with, with all our strength. And that halfway decision uh, ends up putting Moses in a bad place. He, he's having flashbacks. Uh, it happened before 12 spies going in, uh, 10 spies coming back, uh, discouraging the hearts of Israel. Uh, a whole nation uh, disobeyed God, did not follow God, because 10 critical men, uh, not focused on the right thing, uh, discouraged the heart. Now look at verse 6, look at Moses as he has this flashback. And uh, Moses said unto the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? Shall your brethren go to war, uh, and shall ye sit here? Uh, shall your brethren serve God and fully surrender? And, and you only go part way. Moses uh, was at least a, a little irritated by this. And when, when he uh, pushes back, uh, verse 8, Thus did your fathers, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land, for uh, when they uh, went up unto the valley of Eskel uh, and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land of which the Lord had given. By the way, uh, two of them were, were all about, let's go up at once. Uh, Joshua and Caleb. 
Uh, two of them were, were trying to sound the trumpet, let's charge, hey, don't turn back, let's go in. Uh, but, but those two positive voices were drowned out uh, by those ten uh, negative uh, critical voices. And Moses said, uh, you're going to discourage your, your brothers, you're going to discourage uh, the other uh, members of Israel. And they did because at the beginning it's Reuben and Gad. Uh, it's not until verse number 33 that we see the half-tribe uh, of Manasseh uh, jumping in, uh, look at it again, uh, that they should not go into the land. You're going to discourage them. They should not go into the land, which the Lord hath given them ten. Uh, and the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he swears, saying, surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt, he's still flashing back, uh, from 20 years old and upward, shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, uh, unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. They half-heartedly, half-heartedly uh, followed me. Look at 13. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he uh, made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil uh, in the sight of the Lord was consumed, except for two, Joshua, Caleb, Joshua, Caleb, only two that were led in, because they were the ones that said, uh, no, it's not that every city is walled up to heaven, and uh, no, it's uh, not that all of them are giants. Yeah, a couple of them are, but our God's bigger than that. Let's go up at once. And so those two were allowed to go in, and then those that were 20 years old and under, uh, look at verse 13 again. Uh, the Lord's anger kindled against Israel, made them wander well for 40 years until the generation 14. Behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead. You're doing it again. An increase of sinful men, you're doing it again. To augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel, for if you turn away from after him, he will yet again. Leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. Uh, you're doing after the deeds of your dads. But you're following faithlessly, just like your fathers. Hey, God will, will leave you just like uh, he left uh, them in the wilderness. Look at 16. Uh, they decided to serve halfway. Uh, and they came near unto him and said, well, if you put it that way, I, 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 so here's what we'll do. Look at it. And they came near unto him and said, we will build sheepfolds uh, here for our cattle, here, here, uh, and cities here uh, for our little ones, but we were, our, ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel uh, until, you have brought, uh, until we have brought them under their place. Uh, and our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land uh, over on this side, over on this side, uh, and will not return unto them, unto our houses, uh, until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or forward, because our inheritances follow fallen to us on this side Jordan uh, eastward. And so uh, they decided to follow halfway, halfway, uh, halfway. But put down number two, they also decided to serve part-time. Part-time. Halfway, uh, halfway, we're going to go all the way up to here, stop here, so close yet so far, uh, right here, turn back uh, here, uh, halfway, but then also uh, they decided to serve God uh, part-time. Uh, we'll go over until that land is subdued, and then we're coming back. Uh, we'll fight with our brothers. That's the right thing to do for a time, uh, but then we're going to go back to the, the east side uh, of Jordan again. Uh, and so uh, we'll serve for a while, but then someone else has to serve and work and battle, and, uh, and, and we'll do it for a time. And, and it's a lot like uh, Christians that have uh, been serving for a long time as they 
uh, shift into neutral and said, no, it's time for someone else to teach that class. It's, it's time for someone else to give over and above the tithe. It's time for someone else. Hey, I put in my time. And so uh, they're serving halfway uh, and they're serving part-time. That's the decision that was made. Put down number two. The deal that was wrong. The decision that was made, uh, Reuben and Gad, uh, the half-tribe of Manasseh is going to join them in verse 33. Uh, but the deal that was wrong, the deal that was wrong, uh, Moses made a deal with them. And uh, it may be overstating it saying the deal that was wrong because I think Moses basically said, uh, I've led them as far as they're going to go. Uh, they're dug in. They're not going to go any further. Uh, they're pulling up short. They're dragging up on me. Uh, and so I, I don't know if it's so much uh, Moses compromising uh, for that, that decision, or uh, if he realized this is all the further they're going to go. Look at it in verse number 20. But Moses said unto them, If ye will do this thing, if uh, ye will go armed before the Lord to war, uh, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, uh, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return. And so they made the proposition... Uh, Moses is agreeing with them, uh, do this and then, do this and then. Uh, afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord, before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. Uh, but if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, I, I, I think it's interesting that they made their decision, and then Moses kind of acquiesced to their decision because they weren't going any further. Uh, and it reminds me a little bit about uh, God won't force us to go one step further than our free will wants to go. Uh, he's not going to force you to go one step further than what uh, you decide to do, uh, and that's on us. That's on us. Boy, there's some ownness and some accountability uh, to that. Uh, but again, uh, he starts out where that compromise is condoned, uh, and now they're totally justifying their wrong, uh, even to the point of, uh, of blaming Moses for empowering them. Look at the wording. Look at verse 25. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commanded. Uh, it, it's interesting that uh, they've turned the ownness onto Moses. Uh, saying, okay, uh, if that's what you want us to do, now, we wouldn't have ever thought of that. And uh, uh, if that's what you're commanding us to do, and uh, we're your servants, we're going to do what, what our Lord has commanded us to do, uh, and, and it's almost uh, our acquiescing. Our, our acquiescing is empowering. Uh, what we allow our kids to do will empower our kids to do. Uh, what we acquiesce with, with those that are following us to, to, to practice, uh, we are empowering those to practice. And there, uh, Moses, at first, man, he was pushing back, pushing back. Uh, and then they came up with this decision, okay, uh, how about this compromise? And then uh, Moses said, uh, okay, if that's all you got, then uh, I'll agree with that compromise. And now they're turning it back on Moses saying, all, all right, Moses, we're going to follow uh, where you're leading. We're going to follow uh, what you're uh, allowing. And so uh, a lot of times um, uh, when we get caught up into that, okay, let's negotiate, let's figure this out, let's compromise this out, 
A lot of times we'll end up allowing uh, what we never would imagine that we would have been doing. And so uh, the, the decision that was made, uh, the, uh, the deal that was wrong, put down number three, the damage that was done. The damage that was done. Reuben and Gad, Reuben and Gad uh, are going to Moses saying, no, we have a lot of cattle, we have a lot of cattle. I'm not really worried about the kingdom, not concerned of the kingdom. Hey, I'm not, uh, I don't have a kingdom-mindedness, I have a cattle-mindedness. Uh, and so they made their decision based on cattle, uh, not on uh, the kingdom, uh, following halfway and only serving part-time. Uh, and the damage that is done, number uh, one underneath this, it bothers our brothers. It bothers our brothers. We're a drag on them. We're a discouragement uh, to them. Uh, look at it again in verse number 6. And Moses said unto the children of Gad, to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And I, I like how um, he, he almost overstates it. Uh, because I'm not sure that they would be sitting there. They'd probably be working the land. They'd probably be building their house. They'd, they'd probably be uh, trying to multiply their cattle. They'd probably be uh, trying to increase what, what they had. Uh, but to Moses, if you're not serving God, you might as well just be sitting. Uh, if you're not doing for God, uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not uh, uh, kingdom-focused uh, and kingdom-minded, uh, then, then whatever you're doing isn't any better than if you were just sitting Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? Now look at how it bothers. And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eskel and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Well, you're discouraging. You're discouraging. And, and then uh, down in verse number 33, uh, it plays out pretty quickly because they did discourage uh, a half a tribe. Uh, 33, and Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, and, oh yeah, by the way, there's people you've already discouraged, uh, and unto the half tribe of Manasseh. Uh, one of the worst things uh, that we can ever do is be a bad example. One of the best things we can ever do is be a good example. And when we're a bad example, it discourages people from jumping in, from, from being all in, from, 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 giving, it, from giving their all, to, to, from being sold out, and pretty soon that becomes the norm. That becomes the norm. Well, you know, I'm only going to go halfway. I'm only going to serve part-time. Uh, William Borden in 1904 graduated from Chicago High School. He was the sole heir to the Borden Dairy fortune. Uh, there, his parents, uh, already spending money on him, uh, gave him a trip around the world. He was able to see uh, Asia and the Middle East and Europe. And uh, while he was out there, not just enjoying, he uh, started having a, a heart that was burdened for those people. And uh, when he came back, he made the decision, I'm going to give my life for the Lord. Uh, all in, not halfway, not part-time. Hey, I'm going to give my life uh, to prepare for the ministry, to prepare uh, for the service of God. A friend expressed surprise that he was throwing his life away. Uh, and in the cover of his Bible, he wrote down uh, the first two words, and he put down, no reserves. No reserves. But I'm not going to be like 
uh, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, I'm all in. No reserves. No reserves. Uh, and uh, Borden, William Borden, ended up going to Yale University, which was a ministry college uh, for a time. Uh, and in 1905, uh, as a freshman, he impacted uh, the, the students on campus greatly. Someone wrote this. He came to college far ahead spiritually of any of us. He had already given his heart in full surrender to Christ, uh, and, uh, and more than any of us had ever done. Uh, we who were his classmates learned to lean on him and find in him a, a strength that was solid as a rock just because of this settled purpose and this settled consecration. His freshman year, he started a prayer group, and the first uh, meeting of that prayer group uh, there were two others that came. There was three uh, total people uh, in the prayer group. And by the end of that year, uh, 150 freshmen were meeting every morning, every morning. 150 every morning. Uh, by the time he graduated, uh, he had a 1,000 of Yale's 1,300 students coming to the prayer meeting. Now, I'm talking about a guy that was just sold out. A, a guy that was just all in. A guy that wasn't half-hearted and part-time, uh, but no reserves, no reserves. Borden's outreach ministry wasn't just a prayer group, uh, but he also spent time with the drunks on the streets of New Haven to, to rehabilitate them. He founded the Yale Hope Mission. Uh, one of his friends wrote that he might often be found in the lower parts of the city at night on the street, uh, in cheap lodging houses where, where some restaurant to which he had taken a poor hungry fellow uh, to feed him, seeking to lead him to the Lord. Uh, one of Borden's classmates said, he certainly was one of the strongest characters I've ever known. He put backbone into the rest of us at college. There was iron in him. And I always felt he was uh, full of the stuff that martyrs had and, 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 and uh, ministries had and missionaries had of our modern time. Uh, upon graduation, Borden turned down several high-paying jobs, several high-paying careers, uh, and next to those two words where he wrote down no reserves, he put down underneath that no retreats, no retreats, no retreats. I'm not going to stay on this side of Jordan a halfway, part-time, boy, no reserves, no retreats. Finishing school, Borden sailed to China. He was hoping to minister to the Muslims. He stopped in Egypt to learn Arabic. Uh, and while he was there, he contracted spinal meningitis, and within a month, 25-year-old William Borden died. Uh, it was headline news all across America, uh, and many of that the headlines would read, what a waste. Why, what a waste. Borden uh, only uh, was able to, 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 to uh, give his uh, wealth to someone else. What a waste. What a waste. But, 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 but that last month when they retrieved all of his belongings, they saw that, that he added two other words to no reserves, no retreats. And in that last month of spinal meningitis, he put no regrets. No regrets. Well, I'd rather live 25 years for the Lord than 125 years halfway part-time. I, I, I promise you, I would rather live 25 years sold out, gung-ho, all in, serving God, than 125 years of ease and comfort and 
doing my own thing, halfway uh, and part-time, but it bothers our brothers. Put down number two. It also harms our homes. It, it also harms our homes. Look at verse number 16. That halfway, that halfway, you know, when it's convenient, when I'm, uh, you know, when it fits in my schedule, when I'm able to financially, halfway, part-time, halfway, part-time. Hey, I put in my time. Time for someone else to do it. Uh, halfway, part-time. Bothers our brothers, it harms our homes. Look at verse number 16. But we will build sheepfolds here for our cattle, here, here on this side, and cities here, here on this side, for our little ones, but we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place. And our little ones shall dwell over here on this side in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. To me, the, the startling part of this passage is their kids really didn't have a choice. Their kids really didn't have a choice. It was parents that were halfway part-time. It was parents that were halfway part-time that basically precluded their kids from the blessings of full surrender, the blessings of following the Lord all the way. Oh yeah, well, sir, but, but we're going to let our kids stay on this side. We're going to leave our kids behind. Remember uh, when uh, Moses was um, negotiating again, but more from a position of strength with Pharaoh? Uh, about we're going to go to worship, we're going to go and, uh, and, and worship and sacrifice, we need to go. Remember what Pharaoh said, uh, okay, I'll let you go, but don't go very far away. Don't go very far away. Uh, make sure you stay close. And and of course, they refuse. We're going to go all the way. And then uh, another time in the negotiation, they said, but, but who will go, Pharaoh said. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Moses said, the men, the women, the children, the boys, the girls, our puppy dog, we're bringing it all. Uh, and Pharaoh said, okay, you can do that, but only the men, only the men, only the men. Uh, listen, our decisions need to be based on the kingdom, not on our cattle. Our decisions need to be based on our families, not on our finances. Our families, not on our finances. And if all you do is leave junior and sister on earth, saved, sold out, serving the Lord, what a great legacy you've left. And so it bothers our brothers. Number two, it harms our homes. By the way, I kind of wonder if uh, that's what Joshua had in mind when he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Uh, whether the gods which your, uh, your father served that were on this side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, let me give you the third one. Uh, that, that damage that's done, that that damage that's done, it bothers our brothers, it harms our homes, and then uh, lastly, number C, letter C, it forfeits our future. It forfeits our future. Uh, look at verse number 33. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad, to the children of Reuben, unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sion, uh, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land, with the cities thereof in the coast, in the coast, in the coast. Uh, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 5 quickly, uh, you want to see what kind of a legacy they left, Mark chapter 5. 
I'm talking about we're not just living for here and now. We're living for the future. We're living for the next generation. We're living for the generation after that. You want to see how this halfway part-time kind of a life plays out in generations to come. It's the exact same coast, the exact same coast, east side of the Sea of Galilee, on the opposite side of the Jordan. Mark 5, verse number 1, they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadareans, Gad, Gad, Reuben, Gad, uh, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. It's named after one of those two-and-a-half tribes, Gad, Gad, the Gadarenes. That's where they stay. Look at the, the, the heritage, the legacy that they left. Uh, Mark 5, 2. Uh, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs. The tombs, uh, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and uh, no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound, fetters, chains. The chains had been plucked asunder by him, fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Uh, and always night and day he was in the mountains and tombs, crying uh, and cutting himself with stones. Uh, a demonic, uh, a maniac of the Gadareans. Uh, look at verse number 6, Gad, Gad, Gadara. Uh, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran, worshipped him, cried with a loud voice, said, uh, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, our Son of the Most High God? Uh, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, Jesus did. Uh, thou unclean spirit, Jesus said. Uh, and he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Uh, military terms, a legion of soldiers in Bible times would be 6,000. Uh, here in our passage, uh, we know that there's 2,000 swine that he casts those demons into. So there's at least 2,000. Uh, you talk about an unclean place with a, a demonic infestation. Uh, verse 10, uh, and he besought him much that he would not send them away into the country. Uh, now there was there nigh on the mountain a great herd of swine. Uh, and it says 2,000, 2,012. Uh, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Uh, and this is their heritage. This is the legacy they left. The unclean spirits went out, entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. Uh, there was about 2,000. Uh, and they were choked in the sea. Unclean place. Uh, unspiritual uh, people. And you say, well, maybe it's just isolated to this one guy. Look at verse 14. And when they that fed the swine fled, by the way, uh, the Jews weren't to have contact with swine, unclean place, uh, demonic infestation. They fled, told of the city, in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. What a testimony. Uh, here's the Messiah. Uh, here's the King of Kings. Uh, and what a testimony. This man having his life totally changed. And when they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil uh, and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were sore afraid. 16, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, uh, also concerning the swine, and they praised the Lord. They, they drew close to God. They, they walked with Jesus. They said, hey, we're going to follow you too. Now look at 17. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. Hey, we told you hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, boy, the sins of the fathers are passed down uh, to the second and third generation, the third and the fourth generation, and boy, it harms our homes, it bothers our brothers, it 
forfeits our future when we're serving God part-time, when we're serving God halfway. Where our decisions need to be based upon the kingdom, not our cattle. Our decisions need to be based upon our families, not our finances. Our decisions need to be based on eternity. Eternity, not just the here and the now. Is everybody with me so far? I'm talking after 38 and a half years of wandering and people dying, wilderness wandering and people dying. Boy, learning from. We wouldn't have had to go through this if we would have went over the first time. Kadesh Barnea. If our parents would have decided by faith to fully follow the Lord the first time. And after 38 and a half years, we are right back where our parents were. And we're making the same wrong decision. And it's affecting that next generation and that next generation and that, and that next generation. Put down number four. The deception that was key. The deception that was key. Well, there had to be some um, deception going on, and I do think that's what 22, uh, 23 alludes to. Be sure that your sin will find you out. Uh, there was a poem that was written a while back. Sin is such a tricky thing. It tastes so sweet, yet has a bitter sting. It promises much, but steals everything. On the outside, it's painted nice and bright, but the core of sin is an ugly sight. Darkness it brings and drives out the light. The wages of sin has always been death. It delivers decay and takes life's breath. It whispers life, but hands out so much less. Sin ultimately always destroys all those who the devil employs. Sin's wiles are deadly, dangerous ploys. Now we see that sin is wrong. It changes joy into sorrow song. The sowing of sin is reaped all life long. I wrote this in college. Uh, the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh are living it in Numbers chapter 32. I, I, I guess if my sin only affected me, it would be different. I, I guess. If I was the only one that was affected by bad decisions, wrong decisions, uh, basing it on cattle rather than the kingdom, uh, basing it on finances rather than, than my family, uh, basing it on what's best here and now uh, rather than what's best for eternity, if all it did was affect me, then, yeah, it's still a pretty stupid decision to make. But, but the truth is we're not the only ones affected by the decisions that we make. Uh, and let's always make decisions realizing this is going to impact my kids. It's going to impact my grandkids. It's going to impact their kids. And I want to leave a legacy of not halfway part-time, not halfway part-time, but all in. Serving God fully. Following Him with no reserves, with no retreats. And I promise you at the end of your life, you'll have no regrets. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course, Paul said. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the, the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. And not to me only, but to all those that love is appearing. Our decisions based on eternity, not just on the here and now. And that is today's message. 
We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.